Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Sportive. It's episode 39. I actually looked it up this week and found out what number it was before we start. Uh, Brandon's in Dallas. Say hi, Brandon. Let's get festive. Stu is on the phone, as always, from Snowy St. Cloud. Hey, guys. Uh, how's it going? How much snow you get up in St. Cloud, Stu? Uh, enough to where I was annoying. Maybe oh. four or five inches. Just, yeah, just, you know, heavy dusting. So, yeah, this I'm already tired of winter, guys. <laughs> I'd love to believe tired that there's somebody who is trying out this for the first time. Maybe Gleeman will tweet this or something. They'll think, oh, they talk about this sport, and I'll give them a try. And ten seconds in, we're talking with the most the t- most worst discussion ever about the weather, and they've the already weather. turned it off. We're never going to get anywhere. It's, it's uh, what we do. Yep. Clarence is also on the line as well. What's up, fuckers? And we're being joined for the first time ever by Twins Expert of TwinsDaily.com, TwinsCentric.com, uh, NickTwinsBlog.com. You know that, does that still exist, Nick's Twins Blog, Nick? It's Nick Nelson, everybody. <laughs> Not really, but thanks. Good evening, guys. Thanks for having me on. Nick says he doesn't hey, know Nick. anything about anything, so he's going to fit in real well around here. Um, <laughs> yes. Before we get started, and before I forget, we got a donation this week from, and I, I like what's happening with these donations, and I'm hoping this becomes a trend, at Riverside yep. Hank on Twitter, donated a dollar, and he wants us to call Joseph St. Croix, that's at MN's Other St. Croix on Twitter, he donated a, do- a dollar for us specifically to call at MN's Other St. Croix a wiener, so... Joseph St. Croix, you're a wiener. Congratulations. If you'd like the sportive to insult another sportive listener, I mean, we'll insult anybody that you want us to insult, but yeah. if they don't listen, it's going to be money wasted. But, I'll do it for free. Yeah. Sponsored slurs. Or you can just tweet at Clarence, and he can just read off a list of insults at the start of every podcast. He would happily yep. do that. What's this guy's name? Joseph St. Clair? Joseph St. Croix. Oh, Joseph St. Croix, yeah. Uh, one of the biggest wieners on yeah. the planet. Well-known so, wiener. Full-on wiener. Oh, wiener. Packers Shankle, fan. Shankle-like wiener. <laughs> oh, gorgeous. That is Gorgeous wiener? Is that what you mean? <laughs> 
Some days I don't want to be part of this podcast anymore. <laughs> oh, come on. It's every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start with what Nick actually knows about, which is the Twins. And it's been a big week for them. They've signed a couple of guys. I think we decided to call Ricky Nolasco Rocky Nabisco on this podcast. Copyrighted. Yep. Yeah. Trademarked. All ours. Uh, I'm not sure. Have we decided to call Phil Hughes anything, or are we just going to go with Phil Hughes because that's such a simple name? I think that we Paul need Hughes. a nickname because I don't want to say his last name. It's just, it's just a long exhale. Paul Hughes. Hughes. I just heard from Stu, Paul Huge. That's what we're going with. Paul Huge. There we go. Do we have any emotions? I think that works. Nick, start us off. Do we have it? Should we have any emotions about this besides, yeah, as in the Twins finally have two league average starters, and that's in a vast, vast improvement from previous seasons? Uh, I love it personally. I'm, I'm extremely excited about it. Um, you know, this is these are exactly the kind of moves that I've been wanting the Twins to make. They're going after not huge top tier free agents, but middle tier free agents that cost some money and have some upside. So. Fuck yeah, you know, I like it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> podcast you. where you can swear. Get your feet wet. I like that. Um, you out there in podcast there. land can't see the happy, happy look on Nick's face right now. Oh, I'm just giddy. He just is giddy about being able <laughs> to put swear. put a party hat on. Here's, here's my question. I think we had a little bit of an argument on Twitter, Nick and I did, because Nick said something about how he thinks the Twins can maybe contend next year. Do I have that right? I said I don't think it's out of the realm of the possibility that they can compete. And I mean, I guess I don't know if there's a difference between compete and contend, but, you know, to me, compete is be sort of in it for maybe a wild card spot until September. So you're be saying sort of in it for maybe a while. They're not yeah. going to be 10 games out by June 1st, yes, is what you're saying. that's basically, basically. Right. What that I can accept. I don't know about this whole contend thing. Because yeah. the, the thing that I keep coming back to is they still have a roster full of Trevor Plouffe's. I don't know. If, they, they've got nothing but, I mean, who's going to play right field next year? Arcia? Yeah. He's in danger of getting hit. He's in danger of getting injured with every fly ball that comes his way. He's a Delman Young level fielder. Polly Huge is going to kill him by May, right? Yeah, he's Paul. Pretty, uh, yeah, he, he pretty much throws nothing but fly balls, right? Yeah. yeah. So That'd they're just right. counting on the cavernous dimensions of target field to save him. Arcia and Willingham, are one of them or both of them, will be dead by June. Well, <laughs> Willingham's <laughs> leg will have fallen off his body by him. Yeah. Willingham's a, Willingham's a danger to be injured at any time because he's got the old Ken Griffey Jr. thing where he can round third base and something horrible happens with no one near him or no wall or anything like that. Right. Although, um, Delman Young survived out there for several years, so. Yeah, but I didn't survive watching him. He was such a dainty runner. You knew he wasn't going to get injured. True. Really, really keeps on his tiptoes. He was. He was one of okay, the larger so, men you'll find that tiptoed everywhere he went, <laughs> sneaking up on people. He was a sidler from Seinfeld, <laughs> probably. Yes, he was. All right. What um, were you going to say, Brandon? I want to uh, do a little bit of math here. So they were what a sixty-seven win team last year, sixty-eight somewhere on there. Sixty-six. Sixty-six uh, or ninety-six or ninety-six. These pitchers, if they do fairly well, are worth, what, two wins apiece? Perhaps, yeah. Sounds about right. I'd say so over, over replacement? Probably yeah. more than two wins, right? Over replacement, I mean... Yeah, but the Twins yeah, don't have replacement. They didn't have the replacement. Twins have... They had yeah. the worst starting rotation by a half a run than anyone else in the league. Yeah, yeah okay. Not just from the, from the first. They weren't half a run worse than the first place team. They were half a run worse 
than the next starting pitching staff. <laughs> that's that's okay. how bad they were. So yeah, it was like the whole the league. Bears except for the first day of practice bad. The whole league was separated by like half a run, like from first to 13th. And then the Twins were another standard deviation beyond that. That's just right. five lupuses. Yeah. So, yeah. Th- I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. It's not worth two wins. It's worth like six wins because you're not going from replacement level to Paul Huge. You're going from repl- you're going from Cole DeVries to Rocky Nabisco. Right. Rocky Nabisco. Feel- yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe if we're going to be uh, optimistic, um, as we always are on this podcast, yeah. mm-hmm. nothing for. but optimism. Um, maybe six wins. So right now, as we speak, we're a 72-win team, according to Vegas probably, right? Maybe 71. So what else, Nick, do you see um, having to happen? Is it just sort of we think that you think that Hicks is going to be a little better and these other guys are going to be coming into their own? Or do you think you feel good enough about these first two moves that they've turned some sort of corner and are going to be smart about their future signings as well? Well, I think they were in a position where they were going to get better either way. You know, they have uh, the old "can't you know, get worse" principle. Exactly. Well, yeah, that too. You know, they got some young guys. I think that Sano's going to be up this year. I think they be up this year. Probably Meyer. You know, I don't know if they're going to come in and make a big impact right away, but they're three of the better prospects in the game, so I wouldn't rule it out. And uh, yeah, you got guys like Kluf who had a bad year and is capable of better. I think. Okay, he had many bad months. years. He had two good months. <laughs> get a bad career, okay? Yeah, he's had a bad career except for one month that got everybody overexcited. Uh, you know, I think if uh, Sano takes over third and Plouffe is more of a uh, bench guy and situational hitter that you that you match up a little better, then he could be a bit more of an asset, you know? Can uh, I think a platoon scenario for sure. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that just had really bad years last year, which is why I have a little bit of a problem with the <laughs> let's take the win total from last year and – how many wins do these new guys add? you got to assume that, that some guys are going to get better and that the team is just going to get better on its own to some extent. Yeah, Brandon. <laughs> I am the resident pessimist on the Twins. I know. I realize. No, I've had my moments. <laughs> here's, the th- here's the thing about that, though. You've got guys who not only had a bad year last year, but they had a bad year every year leading up to last year. And just, <laughs> just because they've been bad every year doesn't mean they're due for a good year. It might like just who? mean they're bad at baseball. Like who? Well, Pedro Florimo's never hit in his life. He's a good defender. Don't get me wrong. Never hit in his life. Are we assuming Brian Dozier is last year Brian Dozier that hits 19 home runs and 40 doubles? Or are we assuming that Brian Dozier is something less than that? I mean, if we're assuming guys are going to get better, Brian Dozier might get worse. Yeah, that's, that's, that's possible. But he's really the only guy that had a standout year. So I don't think there's a lot of room for drop-off across the board. I mean, we've already discussed the pitching staff can only get better. Uh, you know, Florimon is a clear weakness, and there's not much of an answer there. But you can have a good fielding, bad hitting shortstop for your number nine hitter. And I think there's some good assets around the rest of the field, especially if you start plugging in some of these prospects. Now, what was, how are we feeling about Aaron Hicks for next year? I have no idea. I, what, what do you guys think? I mean, I I was a huge, huge Aaron Hicks fan, like the Aaron Hicks Bobo, and uh, it was. No, you it all of the watch. Aaron Hicks Bobos are on this podcast right now. <laughs> I don't know oh that he... God, yeah. Nick, is... we compared boners. I compared and talked about <laughs> exactly how... We had a to midnight rating scale <laughs> for Aaron Hicks. When the season started, sounds about the him. whole podcast was at midnight. I don't know that right now Aaron Hicks is your, is your opening day starting center fielder. I don't think is? he's got the... I don't think either, but I just don't know who else it would be. Presley? He might just get out of default. Yeah, I think it's that, that guy that got Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh. I do. I, I know it. Guys, I know it. I know. I'm not saying it, like, you know, out of happiness. 
I'm saying it out of I think that's the reality. So they left last risk. season. They left last season with with two things settled at the end at the end of last season: second base and catcher. Those are the only two p- positions that were yep. basically all right. Next year we have those positions covered. We kind of know what we're getting. And Dozier's still kind of a question mark. And then Maurer isn't going to catch anymore. So now they were down to just really one position, and it's Brian Dozier. That, yeah. that isn't a question well, mark. Well, first base is Well, first base is taken now. Well, yeah, but how is Joe Maurer going to transition to first base? I, I still think that's a question mark. Why? Everybody can play first base. Well, I mean, yeah. what are you, what are you worried really about? He's really good. What are, you, what are you worried about, Clarence, with Joe Maurer at first base? Uh, I'm worried about his concussions more about how he's going to handle the position. He, uh, you know, he said, I'll be back in a week, maybe two, and he didn't come back at all. I, I think uh, the concussions could be a bigger issue, a la Joe, Justin Morneau, than we're, than we're really talking about right now. As spring training comes, it'll be one of the bigger issues, is how are his, how's he handling the concussion? Yeah, that's Syndrome. fair. It is a brain yeah. injury. That actually is yeah. true, and I'm going to choose not to think about that because it's too depressing. That's okay. awesome. that's really fine. But it doesn't it. mean it's not a question mark. That's true. That's, that's yep. I'm, I'm absolutely it saying is. that's true, and I'm also saying that I'm choosing not to mention it ever again. Because yeah. Yeah. Like that's fair enough. Fair enough. That's okay, so let's just say first base, second base are covered, and let's just say they're both going to be above average for their position. Um Arcia was decent last year, right? He's going to get better. I feel I feel pretty good about him. Um, I feel good about three of the eight positions on the on the Twins. Mm-hmm. That's it. Is there anybody else I'm missing that I'm supposed to feel like, hey, solid, professional, respectable, average position? No, I think you're supposed to be excited about prospects. Am I right about that, Nick? Yeah, and you know I wouldn't give up on. Willingham and to to some extent Doman. I'm not I'm not a Doman fan. I think he'll probably have a better year. But you know Willingham, he was hurt. He had the knee thing going on. But you know let's not forget that he had 35 bombs just the year before, and uh, you know he's had a really consistent career. You know up until this last season. So <laughs> I think he's a good candidate to bounce back. And okay. uh, yeah, so he, three and a half. He consistent. <laughs> he, he was consistently <laughs> playing 92 hard. games a year every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and then we've got a we've got a number three starter in Rocky Nabisco. We've got a number five starter in old uh, in old Polly Huge. Wait, and then what? we're still missing Wait, a number one on. and a number two and a number four. Back up here, Rocky Nabisco. He's got to be at least a second starter, right? In uh, on a playoff team, no, probably a third or fourth. Okay, this he isn't would a be playoff the fifth team. on Detroit. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm talking about a legitimate roster. I don't. I'm not talking about a 65 win team. Like a like an okay like a seventy eight win team like a sort of fun team of professionals to watch. Rocky Nabisco is your three. Polly Huge is your five. I love old Andy Albers as as a number four, but you guys are probably gonna fight me on this. Yeah, well he's got oh, he's got seventy nine <laughs> major awesome. he's got seventy nine uh, major league wins to go to get to your prediction. Fifty nine. Oh, It'll take seven years. All right, I want to. I actually want to back up and ask Nick if that is true. If he agrees with your assessment that Ricky Nolasco is the third starter and Phil Hughes is the fifth starter. I mean, on a elite team, that might be the case. You know, I think on the on the Twins, the, tw- the Twins have made the playoffs with uh, Nick Blackburn as their number one starter. So it's all relative. Really. That's an excellent point. That's a great point. Yep. That was an exception. Brandon. <laughs> The, that was an exception. That's not a thing that we can plan on happening again, right? 
it's happened a few times. Then the following year, you know, 2008 and 2009, both they pretty much scraped their way to the fringe of the playoffs, and neither of those years did they have a great pitching staff or a great ace. I think oh. if you have uh, five pretty decent pitchers and a good bullpen, you can you can get by. You just got to score some runs. Didn't Dunsing start a game in the playoffs, like against the Yankees? Yes, he did. He famously yeah, did not get did one it. swinging strike in that game. <laughs> oh, Lord, Almighty. Um, I've never heard that. <laughs> oh, I gotta, I gotta get a beer. That, <laughs> oh, that is geez. a tremendous God, statistic. That. That I will never. That is the Jason Tyner batting fifth of playoffs. <laughs> yes. right At DH. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Not one. Oh. If you put a slow pitch softball out there, they'd get one swinging strike, wouldn't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just something yeah. to drop from your eyeballs and whoops, they swung and missed. Oh. Now it's only 22 to nothing. You got one swinging strike. Uh, there are swinging strikes every year in the home run derby. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Oh. Uh, some guy, oh, that's wonderful. That is just straight up wonderful. All right, I want to back up to something else Nick said about Alex Meyer and ask what the expectation level is. Because I think everybody's got their own expectation level about Miguel Sano and Byron Buxton, about whether they're going to be here this year, next year, what their progression is going to look like. I know if you listen to the Gleaming and the Geek podcast, they basically talk every week about how they're not going to talk anymore about when they're going to be here. But Meyer, I I don't know if I'd heard anybody say that Meyer was going to be with the Twins this year. So I was hoping to get your assessment of that, Nick. Well, you know, I think he was set back by the shoulder thing. Obviously, caused him to miss a whole third of the season. Um, but he started the year in Double A, so I mean, he's a guy that you'd be expecting to, to sort of be in the picture the following year. If you kind of look at his uh, the progression, I think he's already twenty four, maybe going to be tw- you know, yeah, I think twenty four. So uh, he's kind of at that age where, as as a top prospect, you're kind of looking at him to, to make his way in, and he's got that that hundred mile per hour fastball or high nineties at least, and. Uh, uh, you know, if he if he'll probably start, I don't know, maybe he might not start in Triple A next year. I guess just because he had so little time in Double A because of the injury. But you know, he's a guy that can rise fast, and if he gets off to a good start, he could uh, really put himself in the picture quickly. So was what his th- shoulder issues at the beginning of the year or the end of the year? You know, it was in it was in the second half, but he came back and he pitched in the uh, Arizona Fall League, and by all accounts, it was all systems go. He pitched well. He was throwing hard. He's, he put up good numbers. So okay, I think right now, cautiously optimistic that it's not going to be a big issue, but. I'm yeah, because shoulder ones are, I mean, you get elbow surgery, you get Tommy John, and you're just, you're out, then you're back, and you're fine again. Shoulders, those can just ruin you. Yeah, well, that's definitely true. Ponder, cough, ponder. Ponder, cough, ponder. Um, so what are the chances that Meyer is in the opening day rotation? Percentage Ooh. chance? Very low, very low. Zero? But, you know, he, he's a guy that could, could definitely be an, make an impact in the second half, be one of those guys. You know, him and Gibson, I don't think either of them are necessarily going to be in the opening day rotation, but... Um, and, you know, I wrote about this on Twins Daily about how they're building more depth. You know, I'm not necessarily too comfortable having Deduno or Correa locking down spots, but when you've got actually legit prospects kind of knocking on the door, it makes that a lot more palatable. The Twins did that successfully for a lot of years. They put Levon Hernandez or Sidney Ponson or Ramon Ortiz in the opening day rotation, and they'd have decent prospects to come in and replace them when they invariably blew up. <laughs> You remember Sidney yeah, Ponzone? Yeah, I love that strategy. Let's take a moment to reminisce about Sidney oh, Ponzone. The pontoon? No. The pontoon. I will remember you. Pontoon. <laughs> will you Keep remember it a all afternoon. <laughs> Don't let that I, I slider go uneaten. 
I think I may have this entirely wrong, but didn't Sidney Ponson didn't he wasn't he an alcoholic that still drank wine because it didn't count? Sure. Sure. That sounds right. (laughs) That may or may not be correct. So I'd like to apologize if that wasn't true, but otherwise I'm going to call hashtag Sportifacts on that one. Did he steal somebody's wallet or something (laughs) like that and get uh, arrested? He's had a lot of of run-ins. I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing his Wikipedia page is a lot of fun to browse. (laughs) (laughs) I know Bartolo Colon looked at him and said, yo, you... You look bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sydney, you got to get yourself together. <laughs> you got to shape. Um, Bartolo Colon is a perfect example of um, a point that pitching is just such a crapshoot in general. Like last year at this time, Vance Worley was a guy that we thought was a solid, dependable, not yep. going to be great, but he's going to be okay. And he, I don't even know if anybody thinks he's going to be in the majors ever again, just for whatever reason. Bartolo Colon came out of nowhere, and he was good. Guys are good and bad and good and bad. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen this year? So I think you are right about the depth thing, um, just having a few guys like this. I, I don't want them all to be, like, number five starters. So, um, But, you know, there's something to that for sure. I'm looking forward to the inevitable future debate of who is the worst Twins opening day starter, Vance Worley or Bob Tewksbury? <laughs> Oof. And not like twenty eight uh, right 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 I think who? We, it's not eventual. We can have that conversation like now. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Who did you come up with, Stu? Brad Havens. He was really bad. Brad Ooh, Havens. Yeah. Mm, that's a good yeah. one. That's an early eighties vintage one. There are some really bad ones in the like the late uh, Met Stadium years, early Metrodome years. These guys are just babies. It was pretty dire. They don't. I know. I know. Nookie, blanky, little cutest ever. Yeah, I know. I barely remember Tewksbury. <laughs> once, once again, I'd like to remind all listeners that Clarence is two years older than Brandon. <laughs> but I feel a lot older. Soul. Giving us stories. Stu, you want to tell the Disco Dan Ford story again? We might have picked up some <laughs> listeners since the last time you told this. And I love this story uh, so much. <laughs> um, well, that's where I learned the word motherfucker was from Disco Danny Ford because... <laughs> We sat out in the cheap seats in the left field of Met Stadium, and obviously he was playing out there, and a ball got past him in the gap, or oh, down the line, I apologize. And he just goes, motherfucker, as it's going past him. And every one of the little kids out in the cheap seats could hear him just blister you know, our ears with profanity, and it was awesome. I'd never heard that term before. I mean, I grew up in Renville County, which is, you know, polite and nice and all that stuff. So, yeah, Thank you, Danny. And were you or you, were you not sitting next to a church youth group at the time? It was a church youth group, yeah. Catholic <laughs> youth group. So, it was oh, pretty man. awesome. Uh, Just all corrupted <laughs> by Disco Danny Ford. Oh, I love that story. Stu, you're going to tell that story every fifth episode for the rest of this podcast, as far as I'm that concerned. I, uh, Just any, in case somebody new comes in. All right, um, so twins-wise, are we feeling good right now? Are we feeling bad? Let's leave this to Nick. I I want Nick to give us a win prediction based on these two moves. How many games are the twins going to win next year? I I guess I would say based on these moves and just... And everything else that's happening. Improvement, 75 to 80. Holy shit. Wow. That's an exciting year. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) Man. Wow. Uh, Nick, are they going to sign a, another position player that will be on the 25-man opening day roster? You know, a, a legitimate uh, position. Do you think that will happen, or are they just going to look for another pitcher? 
I, I think they'll definitely sign a catcher. Um, you think so? That that's not that ship hasn't sailed. No, you know, I don't think they're going to get a great catcher. I think they'll probably get a John Buck type, a guy who you could start if you had to, but is probably more of a veteran backup type. But, I, you know, oh, I I never got the sense that they were that comfortable with Pinto, and I don't know why missing out on the two top guys they wanted would make them any more comfortable with him. You know, okay. uh, you really get the impression from talking to Terry Ryan that he was really not too impressed with the defense, and uh, that's not something that they're that too was neither. No, I don't blame him, yeah. So, so basically, what we're saying is Tom Prince or Henry Blanco is going to catch for the Twins next. Yeah, get Redmond back here. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mention Redmond because everybody loved him, and I'd love to. I missed that crazy naked bastard. (laughs) All right, you know, we should bring up that the Twins didn't sign AJ Przinsky. Is any one of you not happy about that? Actually, wanted AJ back. I think AJ Przinsky makes everybody go a little bit insane in both directions. <laughs> People hate him way too yeah. much, or they love him way too much. He's kind of a douchebag who was pretty good, and now he's not very good. That's just an okay opinion to have about him, right? Because I don't think anybody really has that one. That's No, that's my opinion of him. I would have been yeah. fine. He's probably better than Chris Herb, who would have been, who, yeah. you know, right now is their backup catcher. And, right. uh, I would have been fine with him signing him. But, he, yeah, he's not anything. He doesn't walk. He doesn't take a walk. Ever. Ever. Right. Um, it's like wonderful defensively, but he'd, okay. he'd be better than what they I heard somebody say he can't throw anymore, as if he could ever throw, which he couldn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the clubhouse fire that he brings is like six extra wins a year just for clubhouse fire. <laughs> that actually, so that, like, that is clubhouse something. magician, clubhouse he, fire. He's so know. fiery. That is something I yeah. want to ask the guys who played the game, namely Clarence and Brandon here. I don't know. Nick, did you play the game? I'm putting play the game in quotes here. There's finger quotes that go with that. Play the game. I did play the game. All right. And I still play a little bit of the game, softball-wise. All right. So the three of you, I want you to answer this softball. question. You always talk. You always hear guys talk about A.J. Piercinski, like, you hate him if you're playing against him, but you love him if he's on your team. Do you actually love having people like that on your team? No, that's code for you hate him. Yeah. But I yeah. have to be friends with him. No, I didn't... Uh... I can't think if I played with anybody like that. Maybe it was me. That's very possible, actually. You know, well, I think it depends on the dynamic of the clubhouse to a large extent. I think that AJ was pretty well-liked in Chicago. I do not think he was well-liked in San Francisco. That didn't work out very well at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that it's definitely more tolerable if he's on your team. You know, you can put up with it, and uh, and especially if he's playing well. You know, i got to give AJ credit. He's, he's, he's still hitting pretty good in his old, in, in his old age, and, uh, and uh, you know, he's he's caught regularly for, like, 12 years and really hasn't had any major injuries, which is pretty incredible when you look at a guy like Maurer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's rare. It's really, really rare to be that, uh, yeah. The difference with AJ that I see is there's lots of guys that talk that I've played against that talk and they're pains in the ass and you just you talk back or whatever that that happens all the time when he tried to step on Morneau's the back of Morneau's leg he, and he's done that to other people that's the kind of stuff that you know if I played against a guy like that yeah I'm gonna you, we're either gonna hit him with a bat or walk up to him and hit him over the head with a bat or hit him with the next pitch at least yeah that's the kind of stuff that Oh, there's a line in there somewhere between just talking and being an asshole and, and physically trying to hurt people out there. And I think sometimes, he, I mean, especially when he was 
try to step on more and all of that. Yeah. Probably is what finally crossed the line for me. That's I, not I even an really asshole. That's just being cheap, you know? Yeah, that's exactly, and that's, I don't know. Um, I mean, Bill Romanowski was an asshole. He just, like, bit people's fingers off. You know, this yeah, is just this cheap yeah. Bush League wiener right. act. Um, but anyway. Yeah, that's the Mac, Mac Cook vacation of sports. So, yeah, I just, I don't want to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know, it's, the one thing I'm curious about is, so I think everybody from the stat geeks to regular fans were pretty excited about the um, the Rocky and the Polly Huge signings because we know who they are, we actually got a free agent for those sort of things. But I wonder if people are maybe a little too excited about them turning some new leaf over of evaluating players in a different way or being a little more analytical or whatever and... I don't know. That's the sort of thing that I'm still curious to see. I'm happy about the signings because they're going to be more watchable, but I'm still not sure that means that they've turned some new leaf or, and are a different organization uh, in the front office. So a lot to me, a lot more to come there before I start thinking this is an organization that I actually agree with very often, you know? Mm-hmm. Nick, am I, a, am I a dick for wanting another signing? I mean, they're at, what, like $72 million or something like that? Am I an asshole for wanting like another twelve to fourteen million dollar a year guy right now and not? I'm on Team being, Clarence. I agree with you. Not being fully satisfied with just these two guys because I kind of think everybody's like shutting down and going, "Oh, these two guys, it's great. Let's play ball." Yeah, seventy four wins. Yeah, or you're not a dick. No, I mean I think okay. that's very reasonable. I've been right on that uh, wagon of saying let's let's spend the available money and make the team as good as it can be. I think. You know, to a large extent, it's just expectations. People probably didn't really even expect them to sign two guys that would cost as much as this. So everyone's just kind of like, whoa, and especially because it happened so fast. But there's a lot of offseason left. We'll have to see what happens. I think they're going to be very reluctant to do it just because <clears throat> they're creating a situation. You know, they've already got Worley, who's out of options, uh, mm-hmm. Diamond, who's out of options, um, you know, guys like Hendricks and Albers, I guess, and, uh, you know, a few Albers, other guys. Albers, I guess. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice, but you don't have to do that. Yeah, a 1.2 whip, sure, yeah, I guess. You don't have to do that. Better than, Lee Gavridge. Nine, Better right? than Lee Gavridge, Andy Alberts. Uh, That's what we call him around yeah, here. That's what the Canadian exchange rate, it's actually a negative you know, whip. <laughs> it makes sense. Windmilled around, it was so bad. Um, we'll have to see. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a move to trade for someone, too. I don't know that they have much of a trading inventory right now, but... Uh, you know, I don't think they're done. I think they're still on the lookout for another pitcher, and, and I hope that they go for someone good as opposed to someone named Mike Pelfrey. But um, <laughs> we'll, I guess we'll just have to see. The winter meetings are next week, so maybe we'll see some uh, new rumors sprout up. Well, let's explore that a little bit. When you say they don't have much of a trading inventory, they, they do. They just don't have much that TR is willing to part with. He's not going to part with the top prospect. He's got like three prospects and a bunch of shit, right? Well, I think there's three guys that you can't trade. You can't trade Buxton or Sonor or Meyer. And beyond yeah. that, I don't think that they have they have good prospects. That I don't think they have prospects that have a ton of trade value. You know, I think the next guy was Rosario, who I was really all about trading, not sure. because I'm sold on Dozier, but because Dozier's there. And, uh, you know, Rosario is the one guy who you could kind of maybe view as expendable. But now, obviously, that's kind of out the window with the 50-game suspension. So Why is that out the window? Well, I just I don't, I can't see anyone trading for him while he's got that suspension hanging over his head. Well, it's, a, it's just 50 games. It's not like he's missing 50 major league games here. It was a little bit of crack. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. um, 
I don't know. You know, maybe they can trade relievers too. I that that's another possibility. I've heard that uh, Oakland is interested in in getting back some relievers for Brad for Brad Anderson, and I'm I'm all on board for that. I think that would be an awesome move. So we won't get rid of our boy Glenn, will we? No, oh, wow. We got a few other good relievers. I don't. I don't well, think I give up Glenn Perkins for Brad Anderson, but you know, you got Burton, you got uh, Fien, you got um, a few other pretty good guys. Tonkin, who's a nice relief prospect. Hmm. And we say oh, again. Hmm. <laughs> All right, that's enough twin stock. Then we actually—that's a half hour talking about twins right there, which I wow. think is just about as much as Gleeman and the Geek have in about the last month. So I'd like to congratulate <laughs> us. Shots fired. No, that's not shots fired. They are making the same joke on their podcast. Oh. We tried, yeah. we tried, to, get, we tried to get Nick and Gleeman to come on tonight, but Aaron Aaron doesn't like doing podcasts over the phone, and there was a blizzard in Minnesota today, so he wasn't exactly going to drive all the way up to the north side of nowhere to do the podcast tonight. So it was going to be 75 exciting. in Dallas. <laughs> oh, yep. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Eat a big I was, it's, it was 75. It's not anymore, guys. It's 57. So. Yep, keep fucking off. Yeah. I genuinely hope somebody keys your car, Brandon. I genuinely hope that happens. And then you're going to be like, why does this stuff happen to me? And then you're going to remember that you abandoned Minnesota and you're getting what you deserve. Yeah, okay. I'll take that. That's fine. Um, I was going to – let's talk a little bit of Wolves. As it turns out, the Wolves are terrible, Brandon. Your thoughts? Um, how so? How are they terrible, you son of a bitch? Aren't they under 500 right now? Oh, that's your that's your only metric is wins and losses this early in the season? What about <laughs> these games point still, differential? These games still what count, about right? Of I mean, there, there's not like a chase for the cup NASCAR thing coming in the spring that I don't know about, right? No, it will all the strength of schedule is kind of the biggest difference right now between um, or the biggest factor um, beyond record because it's so early in the season. I will tell you that the Timberwolves are seventh in SRS right now, which uses point differential and strength of what schedule. What is SRS? Um, it I I don't know where it originated, but I it's found on Basketball Reference. What does SRS me, stand for? Do we know that? No, no idea. Don't care. No, I think, um, I do care. And if you're going to introduce it as evidence that the Wolves, who have an under 500 record, aren't a bad team and keep losing to other bad teams that are known bad teams. I will tell you that the formula includes point differential and strength of schedule, which is a much bigger indicator of future success than wins and losses. And yet, you know, I remember seeing you on Twitter making fun of Clarence for the Denver Nuggets. And the Timberwolves lost to the Denver Nuggets, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Brandon. <laughs> oh, God. Why is there two Clarences right now yelling at me about one game out of 82? Because <laughs> the Timberwolves <laughs> lost that game, and that's got to prove something, right? Yeah. No, yep. My nuts. God. It's one eighty-second of the season. So that's what it means. It means one game. So what you're telling me is the Timberwolves are getting a free pass for every game they've lost so far. I'm telling you this. November, looking at the schedule, I looked at the entire season schedule. November was going to be the hardest month. Um, Not only for schedule, but also because two of the rotation players were out um, uh, with uh, old C-Bud and Ronnie T. Um, So, knowing that... The excuse you have is Ronnie Turioff. That's 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 your defense. 
That's he's what our you, eighth no, best player who no. is going to play 15 minutes a night. No. So he doesn't really mean a whole lot, but he means a little bit. Well, you can't have it both ways. He doesn't mean a whole lot, but you're using it as an excuse for why they're not playing well. So what, so no, I'm saying it's the third most important excuse. Number one is they have a really du- difficult schedule. Guys, Nick just left. Did he? he fuckers. Yeah, he just ran away. All right, well. <laughs> he didn't even close out of his... <laughs> he still got his video thing up. He just he left. He didn't even drop. He just left. I just saw him grab his car keys. <laughs> I don't blame him. That's how awesome bit. this podcast is. I'm saying um, Nick left SRS 34 is... minutes before he finally just up and left. Didn't even have time to close his computer. It was unbearable. <laughs> SRS is not everything, but saying, but knowing that they're seventh gives me a little bit of hope. Knowing that the they've fuck um, is SRS. Yeah, by would the you way. just tell me what that stands for? It is a ranking system to. that uses point. I just oh, I God. already explained it. I'm not going to do it again. No, so SRS. So, so hold on. What? Why can't you just use win losses to describe how good your team is? Isn't isn't that kind of the point? Are, are they going to SRS? to determine who's in the playoffs this year, or is it are they still using wins and losses? Once we get 82 games, we'll use wins and losses. From now, we're trying to figure out how good they are compared to the rest of the league. And just wins and losses isn't fair because some people have played... <laughs> oh, it isn't fair. Oh, here we go. Here we go, UN. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it isn't, isn't in, fair. It isn't oh, indicative of the future games. Fair. Because wins some and teams... losses isn't indicative of who's good and who's bad? Correct. The hell? Am I living in some sort of alternate universe here? Wins and loses isn't indicative of who's good and who's bad. Correct. Um, <laughs> so, like, point differential is usually a really big indicator for who's going to be better in the future. You know, a lot of uh, the smart guys in the NFL, for instance, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were 0-8, said if you look at their point differential and their efficiency as a team, there's no way in hell this is one of the worst two teams in the league. They're going to be a lot better. And they have played a lot better, and they've won three games. They're probably going to win a couple more because they're not an actual 0-8 team. So we could have had the same exact argument four weeks ago with you guys not realizing that there are other factors that are involved with this. So I'm saying they're 9-10, and which is not a great record. They've had a really, really difficult schedule. They've played more games than a lot of other teams, and they've had a lot, lot less rest. And they're missing two rotation guys. Not important rotation guys, but probably their sixth and eighth best players, guys who need to play 15 to 20 minutes a night. And I'm saying, looking forward, we're going to be a much better team when we get those guys back and when we have January and March, our two, two months with super easy schedules, right? So we're not going to be playing the Heat, the Thunder, and San Antonio back-to-back-to-back like we are doing now. Um, we're going to be able to play Sacramento a lot more often. We're going to be able to play New Orleans. New Orleans. We're going to be able to play um, Utah a few more times. Those are going to be... Maybe not easy wins, but we're going to be favored. Um, and most likely, we're going to end up a lot better than under 500 team using right. SRS. So hold on for a sec. I want to find a pen because I'm going to write some. I'm going to write down. I'm going to write this down and I'm going to post it on the wall. And then we're going to read back all of your words when the Wolves have won four out of 11 in January. Okay. And, uh, and you go ahead and write this down too. I'm not optimistic. I'm not optimistic ever, let's be honest. Except for when I'm wildly over optimistic. But yeah. I you predicted forty three wins and now you're telling us everything's gonna be alright. I predicted forty three wins and I think um they will probably do better than that, but I still feel good about my forty three. And I feel really good about my bet that I made for thirty nine and a half wins. Okay. Can I can I Brandon, can I ask you how you feel about 
uh, David Stern openly trying to murder the entire team in an arson. Yeah, I was waiting for someone to bring this up. This is the big wolves news right now. Yeah, um, escalator how, fire. How do you how do you feel about um, felony arson, Brandon? It's weird though because you've also made the point that Stern uh, loves the San Antonio Spurs and was in like and help help them no, tank. He doesn't like him, Duncan. No, no he because uh, they've won so many championships. Remember, he he decides who wins the championships, and the Spurs have been a dynasty. No. They've been in the finals. Couldn't they possibly in hate him. He, Stern hates Popovich. Oh, okay. So, so the Spurs are the exception here to the conspiracy. Yes. They throw a wrench in his plans. I thought you constantly. said Oklahoma City was the exception to... because they're so good and they're in a terrible no. market. So they're not the no, exception because no, they don't draw ratings at all. No, no, they were in uh, Seattle and uh, Stern uh, moved him to a smaller market <laughs> to make less money for himself. So. What Stern? So, so what you you don't see this? Uh, you know what Mexico City is all about. You know what they're known for is their uh, their firemen's uh, response times. That's that's what everybody thinks about in in uh, Mexico City is firemen response times. So, um, you know he sets a little fire in the escalator. Old Dave and. Uh, Trying to kill Popovich, so he's not yeah. even just conspiracy anymore. Now he's no. straight attempted murder. <laughs> That's yeah, both teams. Um, man on man on fire. Uh, I've seen it. It's set in Mexico City, which funny. <laughs> Great little, movie. Little, you know, kind of a coincidence. A little bit of a coincidence. <laughs> I don't think there is um, such thing as a coincidence. It's the Illuminati. Well, that. Uh, he, he, so he sends those two teams to possibly one of you know. Probably the most dangerous city in the Western Hemisphere. No, let's just play a basketball game in Mexico City. What could oh, go wrong? They're going to say Zambroda. One A, one B, and uh, no, it could go wrong. The fire starts, and everybody's like, "Oh no, it's just uh, it's just something that happens." And you're like, "Oh, they're going to get a home game out of this," as if everybody dying in a massive fire. Well, well, they're going to get a home game, so it's all cool. It is legitimately good news for the Timberwolves because San Antonio is really good. You know what? That the commissioner is trying to murder them. That you know was... what the real shame of all of this is? We forgot this Mexico City game was coming up, and so last week we didn't have the Clarence Swamptown Mexico City travel tips for Timberwolves fans because I can only imagine yeah. what those would have been. Number one, of course, would have been tape your butthole shut. Cause tape your butthole shut. That's number that's one in every city. travel advice outside the seven-county metro. But North Dakota, Mexico, same same advice. Uh, I don't, John. I mean, I don't have, I've yeah. only been there once. I don't know a lot about it. Get a panoramic camera for the donkey show. <laughs> um, John, is your pen ready? Uh, yeah. I want to take bets on wins that they'll have in January. All right, how many games do they have in January? Fifteen. They have fifteen games in January. Yep. How many? How many are you saying? No, no, I'm not going to answer that. Oh, you're not. You give me the over under. All right, seven. I'll take the over. Hardcore, hardcore over. All right, nine. That's not even half. The hell's the matter with you, Martha? How about nine? You're going over under. Oh, that's a good number. I think eight should be the setting, and I'll pick no, you. No, 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 no. You don't, I think you don't they'll win you. nine. <laughs> well, then go under. Then go under, you chicken shit. I'm going to set it even higher. Nine and a half. Nine and a half in January. Over or under? Oh, shit. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, I think they'll win like nine, this. so I'm going to have to take the on. You think they're going to win nine? nine. Well, so they're going to win nine in January and, and ten in March. And that's your incredible cause for optimism, that the Timberwolves against what is purportedly the easiest schedule in the history of the NBA are nine going to go six. nine and six in January. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's why I'm supposed to be optimistic right now? Well, you know that 43 wins is just barely above 500, you so know that's helpful. Wins I, think they'll, is... I think they'll go 10-6 and six in March. And 43 wins is not making the playoffs in the Western Conference. We'll see. My nugs. <laughs> and Clarence's nugs. All right, this Timberwolves talk has angered me. It's just straight up angered me. I want to move on to something else that makes. I would be angry too if I was using wins and losses twenty percent of the way through the season for an actual indicator <laughs> oh, of future success. Lord. That's sad. These games still count. <laughs> no one said they didn't. They've lost ten games, five of them against terrible teams, and they got to try to make the playoffs in the conference that's winning all the games against the other conference. They Charlotte was like nine and eight games. at one point last year. They got to win like fifty-two games. To make the playoffs this year. And I'm supposed to not get overexcited about the fact that they're losing to Denver this early in the year? Dude, it's one game. Are you trolling me? No. Okay, Charlotte was 9-8 and eight at one point last year. And they were a terrible team. And you guys would have been the two going, Hey, man, 9-8. Hey, win a record. Gonna go to the playoffs, man, 9-8. So it doesn't exception. make any sense. It was, they had an easy schedule. They had no point differential. They were getting lucky. It's the same damn thing with baseball, too. you got to look at schedule and point differential if you're going to actually think about what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Well, I'm looking forward to the Wolves keeping their head above water and treading water three games under 500 so they can finally get back to 500 in January with their 9-6 record. 16-16 and 16 by the end of December, and we're going to be sitting fine. That's, that should be our goal, 16-16. and 16. Be 500 by the end of December, and we'll be okay. Oh. Things ease up. So just keep your mind, we need to win seven games from now until end of the year. What? Timberwolves. Where are the Timberwolves in the standings right now? Oh, probably 11th or so. 11th in the conference, and I'm supposed to be happy about them going 500 throughout the end of the year. You are, because the year actually goes until April, so Uh that wouldn't be the end of the year. Calendar year. I just want to point out one thing, that three more, three other guys are going to be hurt by the time we get to this horribly easy schedule in January. I don't know which three, but three will be. You know they will be. I don't. And how many escalator fires do they have upcoming? <laughs> there will be zero. Zero more escalator fires. I'll take the under on one. Over, under, 
point point five, five escalator fight. Well, does Stern have them playing in any more dangerous cities? That, like Bogota? You know, can they maybe <laughs> go one down there or see if we can get them in any? They got two games in Sao Paulo. And yeah, at the bottom of a Chilean one line. in Johannesburg. <laughs> They're playing Miami and Syria. Seven in Chernobyl is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon will be like, "Oh no, that's fine that they're no, playing." That's fine. Yep. Oh yep. yeah, I know they're thirty-one and fifty-two right now. Well, there's, there's not that many games in the season, but you see, really, guys. Yep. You know what sucks about this is I actually uh, was the one that was bitching about the Timberwolves all year, and now I'm just telling you that there's other things involved besides wins and losses, and all of a sudden I am the resident optimist again. Yep. Now you're weird. the excuse generator. Beeblebot. You oh, and Flip man. Saunders, just you know, the tables have turned. Go ahead and give each other back rubs. You and Flip Saunders, you're so happy with this Timberwolves team. Jesus. All right, well, you guys will feel bad later. No, I, not that bad. I feel bad right now because right now I'm looking at the upcoming Wild schedule, and just for for the ninety percent of you that don't pay attention to hockey, the Wild lost four in a row. Then they beat Philadelphia the other week, but that doesn't count because the Phillies in the Eastern Conference, and every single Eastern Conference team sucks with the possible exception of Pittsburgh. So games against the East really don't count. They've got eight out of nine out of their next 11 games are on the road. Almost all of them are against Western Conference teams. they got the Sharks coming up a couple times. Sharks are the best team in the league right now. They go to Colorado again, who they just lost twice against. They go to play Anaheim. They, it's, it's shaping up to be a disastrous December right now. And I think by the end of by the end of December, there's going to be real questions about whether Mike Yo is keeping his job, or they're going to come through this month absolutely awesome. We're going to be talking about whether they can win the Stanley Cup. It's one or the other. But Clarence, how do you feel about Mike Yo's job right now? About his job? Yeah, yeah. you got to wait until this run is done. You give, give him some time. That's fine. Is he the I'm, coach or the GM? The coach. Fletcher's the GM. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fletcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, <laughs> Nick, jump in any time here. I'm enjoying you guys' banter, quite honestly. <laughs> well, you're the first one. <laughs> yeah, you're the only uh, one. Everybody well, else. I, let's, Nick, let is Nick. your mom going to listen to this podcast? She might be our only listener. We should probably give her a shout out. <laughs> Nick's mom, if yeah, you're listening, I mean, she's, thanks she's for listening. She's not Judy Williams, so she doesn't actually take in every single thing I do. But yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <snap. I> like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick, do you do you follow hockey at all? I'm guessing you don't, but I have no idea. I, I do. You know, I, I can't say I watch all the games, but I'm, I consider myself a wild fan. I usually kind of start to gear up when the playoffs start, to be honest. But um, yeah, I'm not going to test I'm, you, but how many how many players can you name? I'm, I won't test you. Uh, I, I could probably name the majority of the roster, I'd say. Oh, wow. Well, that's impressive. That's, that's impressive. Good. I don't well, even think players can do that. This is That's funny stuff. This is a good litmus test uh, for this podcast, at least for do you follow college hockey? And if so, who's your who's your team? I mean, I'm Gophers all the way. I'll, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Gopher right. long, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Once Stu's definitely not a state fan, I got to say, but, um, you know, outside of that, I just... All right. No teams yeah. I truly hate. Huskies, you know, me, me and Parker get at it a little bit. I know, uh, I know Stu's going to have some feelings about it, but... Stu just, couldn't care I, less. It's okay. It's okay. Stu honestly could not care less about St. Cloud State hockey. He feels pushed no. to be the resident Husky fan on this podcast, partially because he invented hashtag Go Huskies Woo Five O's. But every time we offer him the chance to talk about St. Cloud State hockey, 
he can he's not even quite sure what color they wear on their jerseys, so <laughs> pretty sure it's scarlet? Yeah, scarlet. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds yeah. plausible. Yeah, I guess I right. know. Anyway, uh, no, but the Gophers have been good this year, so I've been uh, I've been pretty happy with that. I haven't had a chance to watch too many games, but I've been uh, I've been tracking them, and they're kind of back on top after a bit of a lull there for a few years. So everything feels right, you know, when the when the Gophers are doing good at hockey. I agree. And now Stu jumps in and calls them the Duke of college hockey. <laughs> no <laughs> hashtag hockey. Uh, Hockey Duke, I believe. Hockey Duke. Hashtag Stu's not paying attention. Stu's, what's on, what is on TV tonight? Uh, still, I don't know. I'm just kind of hanging out here, looking at the snow. I, I, what, is, what is on? I don't know what's on. I'm sorry. North Carolina, Michigan State. The Wolves oh, are not a Saturday on. Night Live, Saturday Night Wolves? Live Christmas special. The Wolves Saturday Night Live. Canceled or just postponed? Canceled. Canceled? Is that canceled? Yep. Oh, yeah. no, uh, no, Brandon. I'm sure the rest of the wolf season's going well after they spent the night in, inhaling uh, fumes from Mexican building materials. I'm sure it's they're going to be just you know the picture of health the rest of the year. It should go really Clarence, well. Clarence, it was an escalator fire. Yeah, well, which is an awesome thing when you think about it. That actually is pretty cool. It really is an escalator that's on fire, fire, oh. fire. <laughs> the hell is a thing's made of steel? How the hell is this sketch on fire? Is it made of wood? Like a wood wooden escalator? <laughs> I think the best thing that could happen would be for some Mexico City official or possibly somebody from the central Mexican government to come and say, "You know what? Calm down, everybody. At any given time in Mexico, there are seven escalators that are on fire somewhere." <laughs> there's been yeah. A, why is this a thing? There's been an escalator. There's an escalator fire in Tijuana that's been going since 2004, and we haven't put it out yet. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Why is this, this even is news? Yeah. We're going to call out the crack Mexican escalator fire squad from the Army that will be there in January to clear that thing up. So take this, governance of Mexico. <laughs> You're making right, some dangerous Steve. enemies here, guys. You are on notice. <laughs> You're on notice, all of the people in the Mexican government who listen to us. <laughs> it's fine. That's fine. We're looking for a rivalry. <laughs> Didn't work with Queen and the Geek. We'll just take on Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I started talking about the Wild Clarence. Do you actually have anything to say? Because I almost don't want to talk about it because oh, I'm so angry. Oh, I suppose angry. I can talk on it real quick. The, the biggest thing with Yo and Fletcher and the whole team that frustrates me is... <clears throat> excuse me. I might uh, not be able to talk. Oh, Jesus. I'm Clarence, it's just sports, man. He's literally get, <laughs> he's getting emotional right now, everyone. Holy oh, shit. Oh, God. This is really sad. I, yeah, I better have a beer. Hold on a second. <laughs> He's gonna get a there beer. Yep. Beer cures off. No, I just gotta get a drink one. All right, I'm ready to go. Uh, remember that game back against Toronto where that what was the name of that little pencil dick? That, yeah, Kadri. Nazim Kadri. Yeah. And uh, he gave him a cut. You know, he hit Backstrom, injured him, knocked mm-hmm. him out of the game, and then he hit uh, Grandland. Yep. Who's still and, not back? Uh, who got shut down again this week? Still not back yet. Exactly right, and uh, Mikhail Granlund is on the pier. Mark Bouchard playing right now. Yeah, but Granlund's got the concussions, and he's still not back. I mean, he knocked one of their up-and-coming players, franchise future of the franchise esque players out. He's still gone. It may, you know, hamper his entire career. And the Wilds' uh, response that game was nothing. Their their response was, "We're going to just keep playing our game. We're a puck possession team. Um, we're not going to, you know." bow down to their level, um, 
you know, we're going to play our game, our, our puck possession offensive game. And that's fine. Okay, then be that team if that's who you're going to be. But meanwhile, what they do is they've got guys like Halla and Fontaine and Zucker that are, if they're even in the lineup, are playing like six minutes. And meanwhile, they've got Rupp and Kanata yeah. and Heatley and these guys, guys like that on the ice that are getting 13 to 23 minutes. And uh, so on one hand, they're saying, oh, we're going to be this puck possession team. We're not going to retaliate when things like that happen. And on the other hand, their skilled puck possession players aren't even playing. And if they are on the roster, they're barely playing any minutes. So which are you? What What are you going to do here? Are you, are you going to fight back when a guy like Kadri does that? You've got guys on your lineup that can do that. On one hand, you see you're not going to do that. And on the other hand, you give them the minutes. Exactly. So which is it? And you're not winning. If they were winning having this strategy, then I'd have nothing to say, but they're not. So, uh, you know, Yo is saying, Zucker, we need more effort. We need more, need more defense. You know, he's kind of in Zucker's doghouse. And meanwhile, keep guys on the on the roster that play no defense at all. And not only is he on the roster, he's getting 23 minutes. He got 23 minutes to him. Yeah, it's the like- double standard that that I just I can't I can't wrap my head around, and it just drives me crazy when they let a guy like Kadri knock one of their best players out now for uh, what three four weeks almost a mm-hmm. month and with no retaliation. Yeah, but they've got guys that they keep on their roster for that ex- exact reason at the expense of guys like Halla and Fontaine Zucker. So uh, I just I can't I can't uh, just gets me going obviously yeah that's my whole thing nobody can quite figure that one out uh anybody else got comments to leave about the wild here this is the wild comment box portion of the podcast terrible team terrible city terrible fans terrible stadium i would just like to level my complaint i know this has probably been discussed ad nauseum but it just annoys me so much why is like the official thing that newspapers have to write to treat it as uh, the wild is like a singular thing like oh, the wild I is the wild oh, no, we're against that. Oh. It sounds horrible, and it makes no sense. Who decided It's so that? stupid. It's so stupid. There are... I think we've yelled at Rand about it once in a while, too. Yeah. I think he's in favor of the, that's technically correct. Get the fuck well, out of here, Rand. Everybody's going to use the plural noun. And we yelled at him about it, and he's well, okay, I don't have any control over it. Well, that's AP says... Uh, yeah. Yeah. We do really good brand impressions, by yeah. the way. Well, we- <laughs> that was really good. I, I was like, is he on right now? Yeah, I, I didn't know him. Oh, you're next to me. What we need to do is get Ken Cha or somebody from the copy desk on here and yell at, them, yell at him about it. In fact, we should probably get Ken Cha on anyway because he might be the angriest person in the world. He might be We're right. Sounding the bad I'm signal. Gonna, I'm going to yell God. at him about this tomorrow. You know what? There you go. That'll work. Yeah, yep. I'm going to start yelling at him. I love right. that. I love that you plan out what you're going to yell about like the rest of us plan out like what we're going to wear to work and what <laughs> yep. our schedule is. <laughs> yep, I got a bulleted list that I keep Morning planning out my before I go to bed. Who am I going to yell yep. at? Hmm. I don't know what to say. And then there's some, there's some that are just game time decisions. Like if I write anything about soccer, that's just an automatic. Yeah, I mean, you got to stay nimble. You can't be overly scheduled, but... Yeah. No. I'm sure he's like, whose tit has not been yanked by old Clarence in a while? Rand? I'll get Rand tomorrow. God, I'm trying to, you know what? I'm trying, I may not have t- get yanked his tit in a while. I'm yeah, I think, I think it's time to bring Rand back. It's been right. too long. All right, Okey-doke. couple things to mention quick like here. Uh, go for football, finished 8-4. and four. Are we happy with that? Nick, you happy with that? Yeah. Yes, very happy. Great season. 
I mean, the last two games could have gone better, but uh, they were in them, so I was happy. Stu? Yeah, that's kind of the key. Stay competitive. Exactly, exactly what Mr. Nelson said. Exactly. Wish the last two games would have gone a little better, but it was such a massive improvement from previous seasons that hard not to be pleased. You have to be a real Scrooge because <laughs> it's the holidays. Get it? Oh. Uh, Christmas. Uh, that yeah, it's, oh. yeah. This, I'm 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 pleased. This is why Stu is going to have a long and distinguished radio career, and the rest of us are going to still be doing the podcast twenty years from now. Such a sharp wit and so topical. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really. amazing how you understood. The time of the year. It's amazing. I never had any idea. It really is. The other one I want to mention quick is go for basketball, beat Florida State last night, and I'm not too much of a expert on who's good, but Florida State was not a bad team, right? Correct. Well, they were they were uh record wise, John, they were five and two, so they were fucking amazing. Oh. Um God they what were a good their, team. What was their RSS? Doesn't matter. Five and two. <laughs> great team. Really great team. <laughs> Um, uh. <laughs> and they were, but the Gophers, I think, were also five and two, so perfectly equal teams. So they're, as Nick says, their RSS just completely washes out, right? <laughs> no, wait, that has, that has nothing to do with the record, though. It's all the based USSR on point differential and strength of schedule. So tell here's, me. Here's what's funny, guys. Their SRS was a lot lower than the Gophers, and they got their asses kicked by the Gophers. But yeah, keep on using win loss records. Was their SRS the actually nerds. less than the Gophers? Yeah, the Gophers are actually um, seem to be rated a little bit higher than we were expecting. They seem to be about like thirty fifth, fortieth in the country by all the stat geeks. Really? Which is yeah. So so far, I just looked up Ken Palm. Ken Pomeroy is kind of the godfather of college basketball <coughs> stats. I and, actually, um, I'll believe anything he says because I like seeing Ken Palm. That's the state senator from North Dakota? Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, he's the one that went on that uh, walkabout in the Appalachian Mountains with a hooker. Um, was that a thing that happened? Yeah, that was, that was, sort that of was Mark Sanford. A couple different things, that was right? Mark Sanford. He was the governor of South Carolina. And I don't think it was a hooker. No, I think she, well, I don't think yeah, she was a hooker, but it, it may she have definitely been. was a mistress. Okay. Um, I was close enough. Yep. Sport effect. Hashtag sport effects. Yeah. So right now, they uh, Ken Palm has them as the sixth best team uh, in the conference in the Big Ten. So that's great. That's so we'll see what happens. higher than we predicted. I think we predicted so far. Seventh so far. So I was seventh, a resident optimist. Yep. They look like they're all right. They're again, they're they're the equivalent of the Twins pitching staff. They've got a lot of should be the fourth or fifth best players on a great team, but they've got a lot of them, so they have depth. And uh, I don't know. Seems to be well coached. I've, I haven't really watched a ton of it just because I'm living here and uh, on the equator. But um, yeah, good. I'm happy to be the optimist. All right. No, I, I was. I'm optimistic about them. They last night they actually had like a game plan that they act like they understood and executed. Uh, that was refreshing. Don't you think that it was? Here, here's what we're gonna do. Then we're going to do it. That was fun to watch. Uh, plan your worst, worst your plan. Yep. That's uh, I learned that from Stu. He came up with it all on his own one day. Mm-hmm. Really did. All right. Um, the the thing I think we need to get in for sure is the what do we call it? The sport of interrogation for anybody that comes on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. you want to do that? Yeah, let's do that yep. quick. All right, Nick, you're up. Sport of interrogation time. Bring it on. Uh, this is lightning round, um, so just answer as quick as possible. 
Um, here we go. We have, uh, I think it's nine questions. Number one, cake or pie? Uh, pie. Okay, incorrect. Oh, for one. <laughs> uh, your most underrated movie? Freddy Got Fingered. No, what that the? is that is one of the worst movies what? ever made. All right, we're that wrapping movie it up. Is correctly rated. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Nick. <laughs> what? I'll admit that I have a strange sense of humor, but uh, that movie is no, pure gold. No, that's not. It's not a sense of humor. That's like seeing a toddler get hit repeatedly in the head with a hammer and be like. Ah! He got it, man. I, I thought that was a joke. Like this is a serious. I've never heard of this movie. Oh uh, no, it's Tom Green, was... and it is uh, actually quite genius. Oh, it is no. the worst quite... movie ever committed to film in the history the of American guy? cinema. Tom Green, the guy from Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That guy. There is no compelling reason that every co- every existing copy of that movie should not be hunted down <laughs> using the Marines if necessary and destroyed. You can call it. Pry mine from my cold dead fingers, man. <laughs> I am willing to make that happen if it prevents even one person from seeing that movie. Oh man! Wow, I didn't expect that. Usually they're um, like kind of good movies that are just people didn't pay much attention to. But sure, you went a different way. Uh-uh. That's um, that's a that's a hot movie take right there. Hashtag hot movie take. I like it. Going up a limb. I like it. Another try. Very brave. The most embarrassing outfit you've ever worn. Um, whew, that's tough. Probably any time I've ever had to wear any Wisconsin pet paraphernalia. Oh, no. Why would you have You've to do that? You've been forced into that? Yeah, you know, I have a bunch of friends that go to Wisconsin. They make me do stupid shit. I don't know. You don't Ooh. have to do that. Those are real friends. Those, those people are not your friends, Nick. They're not your friends. They're bullies. Okay. Uh, it's like when people make you drink beer. Those people are not your friends. You don't yeah, have to give so, in to peer pressure. So mean. Um... Your uh, favorite hangover cure? Uh, other than more beer? Sure. No, hair of the dog's an answer. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's got to be it. Bloody Mary, probably. The only issue with that is you're drunk again, and then you're going to have a, you know, you're just pushing it off. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my life, basically. Just keep yeah. pushing off that hangover. Let's let future Nick worry about this. <laughs> I might catch up one day, but... Current Nick is having fun. <laughs> Nick's life is lived trying to avoid a hangover that he was going to have in August. Yeah. Didn't want to happen. Lost a lot of good men that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so you win the lottery. What is your dumbest, most extravagant purchase? Um, like, really stupid. Just, in, just dumb. A house made entirely out of gold. All gold house. That's not original. That's a, I saw a joke from The Simpsons, but it always, it always had, did make an impression on me. It's <laughs> okay. a pretty awesome thing to have, a solid gold house. Okay. Um, your worst behavior at a sports game, player or spectator? Uh, I thought you were originally asking what my worst behavior at a sports game was, because that would have to be the night of the uh, light rail uh, trip, which I know John was on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. That, was, that was a day of, a day filled with drinking that ended up at a baseball game which had been delayed for two hours. So it was probably like twelve straight hours of drinking before the game. I ended up getting tickets that put me right behind the uh, Twins dugout, and uh, yes, I was just drunkenly screaming at like every player <laughs> on the field, and I was told by people across the stadium that they could hear me. So <laughs> now, give us an great. example of something you yelled that night, if I, you remember. <laughs> I think I was just repeatedly screaming at every player. This. 
on the other team. I was, you know, only heckling the other team. Um, but I, I think I was continually screaming, this guy ain't got nothing. <laughs> so it wasn't like something based in that fact, it's like, reference, I'm guessing? hey buddy, you don't take it <laughs> no, off walks. You're hurting your team. I was screaming. I mean, I couldn't be profane because there was like little kids around and then the little kids started yelling, this guy's got nothing. So it was kind of like cool to be imitated. I'm sure their parents were very proud of them imitating the drunken, belligerent man. One of those kids is going to grow up and have a podcast. Be the story. <laughs> he can only dream. Uh, your first concert. My first concert, I think, would have had to be uh, Santana. When he came to the Target Center, it was right around the time of Supernatural. Oh, man, that sounds How bad. You? You're just a little tiny baby, too. Well, that I was mean, your I first... Go to concerts as, like, a kid. I mean, I was probably, like, I don't know, what time? when was that, like, late 90s? Yeah, that was yeah. late 90s. Yeah. Because I was in high school 15. at the time. And Clarence was in his first year of college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um... I, I assume that it was just a ton of guitar solos. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he had, like, guests that would sing. Uh, you know, not if he didn't, like, have the actual guests. It wasn't like Rob Thomas was there. But, uh, I don't know, it was, it was pretty fun from what I recall. Did you want Rob Thomas to be there? Were you kind of hoping the whole time? Like, I did. On, uh, I was a big Matchbox 20 fan. I don't know why anymore, but I'm, I was like, ah, these guys Easy are Easy listening. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we did your first concert. What about the worst concert you've ever been to? Hmm. Worst concert would have to be. I don't know if you guys are gonna be able to connect with this because most most of the shows I go to are hip hop shows. Cause I'm a big rap fan. I don't know if any of you guys are rap fans, but uh, yep. I went to I went to go see Twista <laughs> once at this like place called Olmeca in the suburbs, and uh, he it was horrible. It was like all these terrible opening acts, and then he came out and like rapped like two lines, and then the rest of it was just played over the speakers, and he just kind of danced around and like waved his towel and. Uh, you could tell he was mailing it in horribly, which oh, is, I guess no. makes sense because he was it was in like Burnsville or something. But <laughs> I don't know; it was pretty bad. What a! I can't believe Twista didn't deliver. I, I know. Well, I was wondering. I mean, he seems like his stuff would be pretty hard to to spit live because he's he got the rapid fire flow. So he's <laughs> like the fastest rapper of all time, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh. I'd be interested to see <laughs> him correct. when he's actually trying. I loved Twista, but I'm not at all surprised at that. No. Yeah. Oh, Twista. Ah, uh, Twista. I'm going to go ahead and say you guys made up most of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, what, junior high for you, probably, when he was, like, maybe early high school? Mm, I mean, it was it was after his prime, I'd say. I don't know. It was probably... Twista had a prime? <laughs> oh, did he ever? It was like five on TRL once. It was probably like five or six years ago. It was like five fifteen and nine thirty one night. <laughs> well, it's got us beat. <laughs> um, all right, and last one, your uh, sports bucket list. What is like the one thing you want to do sports wise before you die? Um, hmm. I guess I'd have to say. Go see. Ooh, that's tough. How about how about see the Twins in a live World Series? That would be yep. nice. That's valid. That's yeah. a valid one. It's a good one. Because yep. you know they've they've been there twice during my lifetime, but I was really too young to appreciate it. So it'd be nice to see them go back and actually actually get to go to a game. That'd be fun. Well, you seem to be pretty uh, optimistic about this year. Maybe it'll happen. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Twenty thirteen. Polly Huge and <laughs> you could take Andy Albers. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right, that's it. All right. That's the end of the uh, lightning round. Thanks Good for interrogation. Playing.
The one other thing I want to get to tonight is my top 12 worst Christmas songs of all time. This started off as top 8 or something, but I got contributions for everybody else. Too. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody can disagree with these. I'm kind of hoping some of you guys will break into song at some point, just because everybody always loves it when we're singing on this podcast. All right, here we good. go. My vocal cords are shot. <laughs> here we go. Number 12 is Anything by Burl Lives. And this is just mentioned as just basically for my dad, who is probably listening at this point and hates hates Burl Lives with the fire of a thousand suns. It's basically in his ranking, it's like the Twins front office, then the Vikings front office, then Burl Lives, then Ed Hightower. <laughs> That's like his four most hated things. I agree with all of those. What's a Burl Ives Christmas song? I, I guess I'll have to. I think have a holly jolly Christmas. Oh, something, something. I look like Ron <laughs> Half the songs on this list, I don't know. I'll just right. go out ahead yep. and admit yep. that. I don't mean to. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I don't know many either. Number 11, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. That was mine. Gotta hit that song. Oh, Jesus, that's the worst song. Great one. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I believe, I think, when you brought it up, John, I just described it as, like, walking in on your parents, doing butt stuff, and they're both really into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's, that's how bad that song is. <laughs> that's how troubling that song is. For some reason, the both really my into it thing made it a million times worse. One million times worse. What are you doing? I grabbed a bottle of NyQuil and went to the bathroom. Your parents uh, doing butt stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's just really giving it to her. Uh, yeah, just, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, both, they're both doing the dirty talk thing. and it's, yeah. Oh, All right, oh. that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that is Grandma Got well, Run Over by a Reindeer. Yep. Yes. And the 30-point the buck, and I put all those songs in that same bucket that are just... Have you seen uh-huh. the 30-point? You know, those just goofy songs. Oh, I know. Novelty. Yeah. All right. Number 10 is the one by Elvin and the Chipmunks <laughs> that mentions the hula hooper. I think Elvin and the Chipmunks possibly did an entire Christmas album. I don't know that for a fact. That was my song. If they did, it belongs... That album should probably be destroyed before all copies of Freddy Got Fingered. It's that bad. <laughs> um, number nine, this might be a controversial pick, uh, especially among some of our regular listeners, specifically Dana Wessel, because it's a song that I don't like at all, which is Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the Bruce Springsteen version. I'd yeah, like no, that's book. a bad one. I think the reason it's, it's bad is because uh, he should know better. He's better than that, you know? And just the, the part where he's yelling at all the other members of the E Street Band at the start, it just makes me angry for some reason. He's yelling the whole time. It's like yeah. Sid Hartman at a press conference. <laughs> all he's doing the whole time is yelling at different people, and then he sing yells, and then he yells at another guy. Yeah, it's just yelling. So this, to me, is is childish, and it's disappointing because... Uh, uh, this list? He should no. <laughs> this whole fucking this podcast, podcast is just <laughs> childish and disappointing, and I'm done. Um, no, <laughs> this song is childish, oh. you know. And yeah. for somebody who should know better, so for me, this is the song equivalent of learning that Clarence drowned in his own puke after a day of drinking apple pucker. Ooh. Oh, that would be <laughs> yes. I think that's reasonable. So <laughs> disappointing. Then you're a professional drinker. Yeah. You should know not to do that. Wouldn't happen. No. That's my song equivalent. All right. 
Number eight is any recording by any artist at any time of I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. That's reasonable. Hard to disagree. I can't imagine, and I believe there have been recordings probably in the past 20 years, and I can't imagine the thought process going through somebody's mind of saying, this Christmas album needs something. What does it need? It needs I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, one of the worst songs ever written. It's not over, it's, it's also so, sort of boring. It's a slow burn of something that's awful. So for me, this is the song equivalent of slowly plucking out all of your own eyelashes. All right. The end result is terrible. Yikes. Oh. Yep. This is getting dark, Proxy. This is getting real dark. Um, okay. Number seven, Feliz Navidad by Jose Feliciano. Oh, that's a great one. It oh. really... Does anyone uh, else... I, I, Twist else is number one. Right. It just makes me... It, I, I, I love Nacho Navidad by uh, Taco John's with the multicolored nacho chips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it's just, and it just sort of just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Nick, if so you I love it so said, much, you should probably sing some of it. Oh, I, don't think, I don't think you want that. I uh, think we definitely want that. <laughs> <laughs> probably wrap it. If there's any raps coming up, he'll be all over it. I could lay down a bass line if you want. If you want a give, me a little, give me a little beat to, just to spit one out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, do. yeah. All right. I don't pay for that kind of action, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you the dollar we made for insulting Joseph St. Croix. How about that? <laughs> um, number six is a song that I didn't know existed up until a couple of years ago. And mo- a lot of songs on this list have gotten onto this list by sheer repetition. But if you hear this song once, you know that it is one, it is truly an awful song. It's called Dominic the Donkey, or possibly Dominic the Christmas Donkey by Lou Monty. Are we talking about Mexico City again? We're not talking, it's very confusing, because you're going to hear it at some point, you're going to be like, was that Christmas song about a donkey? About a Christmas donkey? I've never heard of the song. It is another one that I think you're making up. Go ahead and and look it up on YouTube, listeners, it's truly Sounds like a porno. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to... I'm gonna give Freddy you. Freddie got fingered. I'm gonna, then, yeah. Dominic, the Dominic the Christmas donkey. I'm gonna give you your whole reaction when you hear Why this song. Why don't you come out in the stable with me? The first thing you're Good gonna on think Santa's is magic lap. The first thing you're gonna think is, what did he just say? The second thing you're gonna think is, hey, John was right. This is about a donkey. And then it's gonna crash, and you're gonna. Th- the third thing you're gonna think is, this is the worst song ever. But we're only on number six in the list, so stick with us here. Um, number five, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas, which is inexplicably Another popular. One you made up. I've never heard of that. Song. You've never heard this that? song? No. Oh no, I don't think this is a song, John. All right. Well, you're just gonna have to. These are that it exists. Songs very popular in John's Amish community in Western <laughs> Minnesota or whatever the hell you out there in Ortonville, your Mennonite. Here's yeah, the here's the problem I have. This is one that your mom made up, like as you were going to bed. <laughs> Don't you guys hate "I Want a Hippopotamus Christmas" by my mom? <laughs> <laughs> mom sucks. Well, if mom truly made that one up, mom, that is a terrible song. That's terrible work, and we're not going to get along anymore. Number four, work. Meli Kaliki Maka. Uh, that's the Hawaiian Christmas song. Yep. You may have heard this one. I'm starting to question whether I invented some of these songs at this point. No, I've heard that one a million times. That's on Christmas yep. Vacation. Yeah, and it's yep. truly yep. terrible. 
Medically, Kimaka is a thing to say on a wine day. Yeah, that one. Um, I don't know, man. It's bad, but it's not like... I mean, it's no Dominic the Christmas Donkey bad, right? It's it's in that level. In that it exists. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little different. It's it's actually a song that's in the real world. <laughs> that wasn't made um, up by my mom. Yeah, I don't know. It's bad, but I think there are worse. All right, there are worse. There are actually three worse. Number no. three is Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney because it sounds like it was written by a team of six-year-olds. <laughs> who were told to, I think who were told to get out of the kitchen and stop bugging mom and dad and go write their Christmas song. Yeah, this is one of the worst ones ever. I am just appalled that I still have a hard time believing that Paul McCartney. I feel like he uh, had to do this because he needed some money because I don't know something bad happened. He committed a crime. He killed a few people and had to. Had some uh, do bad this. investments. Had some bad investments. Anybody else want to attempt a terrible Paul McCartney impersonation, or is that all we're going to do? Right what now? do you mean, terrible, Joan? <laughs> it's actually me. <laughs> oh, that's tremendously awful. Number two, actually, somebody put a note here that says they disagree with this, so I'm excited to have this argument. Number two is Last Christmas by Wham. I thought it was just George Michael, but I looked it up, and actually Wham did this. It's Wham. Yeah. I disagreed with that. I think that's a pretty decent song. No, it's a terrible song. No, it's fun. It's simple. I like it. I'm now, a big fan. Sing it for me and see if you don't get embarrassed by the first line. Um, I don't remember the first line. See? Is it? <laughs> no, well, just sing I mean, any part of it. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. The very next day, you threw it away. It's cheeky. It's cheeky. No, it's that's, not that's cheeky. Saying. It's terrible. Once again, I mean, it sounds still, like a, it's 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 a very low bar for Christmas songs. This one is a little bit fun, and Jimmy Eat World covered it, and it was actually kind of awesome. So I'm gonna say it's not as bad as uh, Mrs. Marthaler's music. <laughs> it sounds like it, it was, was written by a freshman too. high school poetry class. It's that. I mean, bad. you started with Alvin and the Chipmunks. It's so much and worse. No, than and it's song. just gone downhill from here. The very next. This year to save me from. Oh, that's good, man. That's a good one. Give it to someone special. Oh, oh yeah, whoa. that's a terrible yep. song. You're wrong. Not only is it not in top ten, I'm saying better than average Christmas song. No, that's yes, not true. I, it's right. the number two worst Christmas song ever. Written. Stu is with me. All right, I'm with Brandon on this one, actually. Then how do you feel about number one, which is "Do They Know It's Christmas" by For a collection one? of superstars? Oh, that's terrible. That's yeah. a terrible song. Yep. I'm not and even I sure what the God point is. Them instead of you. Yeah. What is the point of that? Are we supposed to feel? I don't, know. I, I, I don't understand the point of the song. I, presumably, it was to raise money for something or another. Yeah. Did it raise it any for money? Starving children. It's really yeah, condescending, it's right? Fair yeah. amount, I think. And it's not really. Do they know it's Christmas? It's do. Do they give a shit that Christmas exists? That's what this song should have been called, right? <laughs> yeah, but it was 1983. They weren't going to call a song. Do they give a shit? It's Christmas. It's just that was a little too harsh for the the mainstream. That was pretty out there so. for the collection of mainstream artists who yeah. wanted to feel decent about themselves, so they donated their time. And so that means George Michael was involved with the number one and number two songs on your list. Yeah. Yes, that's true. And wow. I should mention that there's a special category here beyond number one that goes into the worst songs ever recorded. 
or written yep. or performed, which is Christmas uh-huh. Shoes. Number one, yeah, with a bullet. Yeah, which we've all heard Christmas at one point shoes or another. Christmas Shoes is the worst song. Oh, see, even Sophie agrees. See, Sophie That's hates it. Sophie hates That's it. how bad of a song it is. And I, just, I think it has a pretty good case. It's the worst song ever recorded. Does anybody disagree with that? Um, nope. Man, I don't know. I don't know what could be worse. I don't see it's, how uh, it could be worse. Did Creed, um, Creed ever make a Christmas album? Because <laughs> that would be the only worst case scenario that I can think of if Scott Stapp just got on his Jesus kick and started yeah. singing Christmas if, songs. Well, while the presents the- opened. Oh, 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 God, I'm on round. <laughs> All right, shut up for a sec. Nick's got a question. I gotta ask if have you guys ever heard Bob Dylan's Christmas album? Bob Dylan had a no. Christmas album? No. Bob Dylan's it gets played wow. now quite regularly at my uncle's house at uh, thing, at Christmas though, and it is. I'm, I'm a Bob Dylan fan, but it is awful. I mean, it is really bad. <laughs> I would encourage you to go out and check it out because it is just. It's insane. Sometimes well, it's Bob, worth checking out things that are terrible just for fun. Yeah. yeah. What Bob, is Bob Dylan's voice does not lend itself to crooning. No. no. I don't know if anyone else has noticed. It is not he a musical. Really croon. He just sort of does. And I consider voice. myself a pretty good Bob Dylan fan, but yeah, he's not. He was not born to sing Christmas yeah, songs. Yeah, really. Jingle bells, jingle bells. <laughs> but uh, yeah, check it out. Anyways, I got to get Once upon a time, you hung your wreath, didn't you? I think Nick is about to give up on this podcast, which I would understand. Um, It's it's 10.01. It's past my bedtime. I don't know how late you guys stay up, but jeez. Well, after this, we go into the long and involved process of editing this, where we have a lot of artistic fights about how we want to, you know, we reorder things, and we really want to make this good. Can you try to make my voice sound a little lower? (laughs) We can try. Yeah. Or maybe like auto tune it. Nick, you got to understand that if we can actually make the podcast audible, it's a victory for us. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks you guys for having me on. Good conversation. Nick, uh, we want to thank you for coming on. Anything you want to plug on your way out? Twinsdaily.com. Uh, anything else? Yeah, just come on by Twins Daily, join the conversation. Lots of good coverage of, uh, of all the off-season stuff that's happening. And uh, now with the winter meetings going, um, should be all the more. You're a real mensch, sir. You're welcome back anytime. Yeah, thank Appreciate you so much, Nick. Peace we'll out. Do freestyles next time. And I think <laughs> I... it's about to go. Everybody else who's still listening, congratulations on making it to the end of another podcast. Uh, we lost Clarence a while back. You might notice you haven't heard anything from him in a while. It's another old school sport of podcast where people are in and out for the entire thing. I'd like to say thanks for listening. Um, if you disagree with us about. The Christmas songs, feel free to tweet us at Sportive Podcast, but just know that you're wrong. Um, if you want to insult no, you're somebody, wrong. If you want to insult somebody on the podcast, feel free to let us know about that as well. If you want to defend Wham, please. We're here for you. Go ahead yep. and try. Brandon right? and I could, would appreciate that. Yeah. No yeah. feet have got no rhythm. That's you're all we have to say on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> you're just all wrong is the problem. Uh, and that's it for us, so let's take it out with do we want to sing on the way out or do sport do sports fist sound effects on the way out today? Oh boy, I don't know. Oh, maybe you just yeah. Or should we just oh, maybe, we just might have to let this I'm one. I'm never go. gonna dance again. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. It's so easy, easy to, to pretend with something. something. That's the word.
Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 